It's the Adult in the Room podcast with Victoria Taft. That's me. Just when you thought it couldn't get any crazier, this week happened. There's plenty to talk about. To bring you up to speed on what's going on in our world, let's toss it to the morning hustle. The radio show host there who asked our Vice President Kamala Harris to explain the biggest story right now. That is not COVID. The Russian invasion of Ukraine. Over to you guys. You're watching any level of news, even social media, you're seeing everything that's going on right now in the Ukraine. Break it down in layman's terms for people who don't understand what's going on and how can this directly affect the people of the United States. So Ukraine is a country in Europe. It exists next to another country called Russia. Russia is a bigger country. Russia is a powerful country. Russia decided to invade a smaller country called Ukraine. So basically that's wrong. And then she did a lecture on the sun. And then she did a lecture on why water is wet. And now she's going to Poland to press our case. Because Joe Biden, someone who apparently is even dumber than she is, has sent her there. Of course, Kamala, Kamala, is about as unserious a person as the man in charge who sent her to negotiate something with someone about some country that's bigger or smaller than Russia. Now, in all seriousness, we've been able to contact Pastor Anatoly Kalushny in Ukraine. We talked to him a couple of weeks back. We had a lot of feedback from you about this. He's alive. His family is alive. He is fearing the worst for his home, Kiev, or Kiev, as they call it there, but he has faith in God. He's a realist. He's a man of faith. I mean, you ask him about how you can trust in the Lord when shells are falling on your friends. Well, listen up. You can find out what that must be like. So we will get to that. And then, of course, part two of our interview with Antifa John. Spoiler alert, We've been getting tips on who this guy really is, and we'll share those with you as well. We were able to connect with Pastor Anatoly in Kiev again. So far, as of this interview, Kiev is not under missile fire, though other parts of Ukraine are under fire by Russian forces. We've heard about the maternity hospital that was blown up. This time we talk to the man of God, but the man who knows... This this could be it for him. His ministry continues, but he picks up a gun. He knows how to use it. He's ready to die. This is a distinctly different interview than the one we shared with you a couple of weeks back. Please pray for his church. Please pray for these people. Please see the show notes to see where you can help. The banks are closed, but the electronic banking goes on. You can help him by giving him money for gas, giving the people food, trying to figure out logistically how to survive and how his people can survive. Everything that you take for granted is now an essential 
here in Ukraine. He's been helping literally thousands of people. His church runs a summer camp, which is now a refugee camp, a pass-through, a place where people come to find refuge, a meal, help, and transportation. They have helped literally thousands of people. They are saving lives with the real basics, food, water, safety, security, transportation. Listen carefully to this interview. This is a spiritual battle indeed. But God's people, all Ukrainians, are ready and willing to do battle. Well, how are you doing today? Oh, today, just uh, five minutes ago, it was a big noise because it's like, uh, how you call it, when it's, uh, um, you have to go to the shelter. How, it, how, how you call oh, it? Oh, uh, air raid siren? Yeah, it's it's a lot of noise and, and everyone to the shelter. But I think, okay, maybe if I will die, I will die here with you in front of my computer. Oh. But it's okay, I hope. Uh, I just, my light, it's, I think it, it, my life is just little, little, because we, it's not uh, smart to have a light if you have such kind of problem. Right. How is it in Kyiv? Uh, today I'm driving around Kyiv, and every day more and more and more preparation for a Russian attack. And Kyiv ready for attack. You cannot imagine. Everyone, you, they stop, they check your passport, they look your car, and uh, everywhere, uh, like civil people, but with, uh, with uh, um, uh, we call it Kalashnikov, special, like a uh, gun. God, yeah. Uh, so Russians have set up checkpoints. Yeah, Russians want to... Uh, Putin sent today a letter to our president through Prime Minister of Israel. And he says, okay, if, it's, if you will uh, give me guarantee you will not be in NATO, number one. Number two, if you will give us Crimea, if you uh, allow this um, uh, Donbass area to be an independent country, I will stop, but nobody can trust him, and we, it's no way to, to I think uh, he will not uh, tell him, yes, I am agree, why, because society, we cannot trust him, and our president, no, no, if he will do it, people will not let him to do it. Do Ukrainians believe that? What believe? What believe? Believe? What Putin... If you give Crimea and Donbass, no, no, we are not believing. We are not. Yeah, Russia has very sanction work very well, honestly. And because I get information, uh, I talk to some Russian people because I can call them and talk because I know a lot of bishops, pastors, and church leaders. Yeah, I know a lot of people in Russia. And they, before that, they just laugh and they don't, no, don't worry. It's no war between Russia and Ukraine. It's, it's uh, no way. But now they start to feel a lot of pressure. 
It's, uh, for example, last night, Putin, all uh, currency, what people had, they automatically converted to ruble from dollar or euro. And now no more euro or dollar in a citizen of Russia. Just one example. Can you imagine? Wow. And dollar uh, and, and ruble, Russian money, down, 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 down. It's, it's, uh, uh, it was like a 60. Now in black market, it's about 1,000 for one ruble, for one dollar, 1,000 rubles. Uh, it was 60 just uh, weeks ago, a little bit more. 67, I think. Who is preventing people from using the green corridors? Uh, honestly, green corridors, it was agreement between Russian government. Uh, you know, group of people from Ru Russia and from Ukraine, they had meeting in Belarus, Belarusia, Pushcha. It's little place where they met and they make agreement. Okay, let's give for civil people corridor. And now, when people start to move, just close to its little bit place, it's called Stoyanka, um, Russian troops not allowed them. It's big mess today, because it was here close to Kiev, and another place is uh, called Energodar. It's close to nuclear power uh, uh, station. Do you know that story? when they shoot yes. in nuclear power. Yeah. And uh, in South, that place, it looked like work. It's work. Not very good, but it's work. But here, in close to Kiev, it's a lot of mess. And one kid died just because that kid was out of water. No water. Nobody let him to get water. If you want just out from the bus, the toilet or or just uh, they just kill you immediately without any words it it's you know it's fascism mm. it's terrible terrible we don't know what to believe in the united states the media are not very helpful yeah i know they have one I, side I, or the other i, I know that. but for good uh, some number not all some number of buses what uh, kiev give buses some people get to Kiev and they get some medicine help and they get everything what they need, place to stay. It, 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 I saw it, it, it it's, but not all number of people still there in the buses and no way for them to move or to do anything to have food or water. Is that just in... Just in today, that particular spot? Just today, in, in maybe a couple of hours ago, I saw that news. And so they're holding you there? Yeah. And I don't know and, how... In Kiev? It's close. Or Maripol? No, it's Kiev. It's Mariupol. Oh, wow. It was a, it was a better, it, better situation in, today. In, it's called, not Mariupol, it's Energodar. Mariupol was yesterday. Today, it was a... Um, it was a key, it was people from Irpin and Bucha. If you're familiar with this, it's a very close um, city. I have from my church 50 people who live in that area. Oh, wow! Yeah, and and I, I, I know very well, it's very beautiful in the forest, beautiful little city close to Kiev, 
like like uh, maybe um, 30 minutes to drive from from downtown to that place. Anatoly, how do you spend your days? Oh, how I spend my days? Today I spend a lot of days with number one. Our drivers need gas. I talk to my bookkeeper. We find way how to send money because we have to find way how to legally send money from church account to uh, to uh, to help them to get money. We can take a cash, you know, because bank is closed. We cannot. We we find way how we will do it, and we find some company through that company we create special agreement with that company and that and we send money to that company and that company bought for us gas it's it's some routine but i'm a leader i have today i spent with a lot of with all all um, problems i had numbers of problems what i have to fix yesterday I spend time with people in my office. Today, another pastor spent time with people. I spend time with problems. And it's, it's yeah. usually it's tough because we, you know, for example, now we have to find way how where we will get more, more uh, uh, food for people because I talk with some people from Germany, some different Christian organizations Maybe we can exchange. We have many, lot of potatoes, but they have another, for example, some kind of wheat. We will give them wheat because we have to make a package, package with everything: sausage, wheat, potatoes, uh, bread. You know, just to be complete, not just one wheat or some, just just potatoes. Yeah. It's it's routine, but I need to. F- because I know leaders, and we talk with I talk with the leaders and give this connection to write my people for write them their people. It's it's my it's it's difficult day with all of these routines, and also uh, I talk with Minister of um, of um, social help. Why? Because one uh, um, one mission Christian mission want to bring bus from Hungary but that bus today stay on the border but it's bureaucracy want papers and I was very angry talk to them what about papers you thinking if we have such a problem we have to take immediately people from war zone we don't have enough buses we will do Who's... everything with paper later. And I was very angry right. to talk to. Uh, I had I have connection with, you know, minister of social health, but it's second person. We call it like a vice minister. Who's I, asking for papers? It's all papers, and they have they have to give us papers and allowed us to bring car, not car, bus immediately. Ukraine officials are asking for papers? No, I ask for papers because our ah. custom not allowed us to bring that that bus. It's it's routine. But you mm. know, we still have many bureaucracy and sometimes you have to be strong and some some kind of aggressive because yeah. just to be kind, please, it doesn't work. You have to be ah. strong and and I know how to talk to them because 
<laughs> I, I'm afraid nothing already. Banks are closed. Yeah, you're right. Well, a bank is closed, but you need to understand bank is working. But it's just by electronically it's working. But physically you can get inside. It's closed. But what it means, it means our account is working. Oh, good. But we cannot, we cannot just visit bank and because they have somewhere office in secure zone from that office they working and we need to find correct way because like in America, in Ukraine, we have a lot of rules and regulation, how you can spend money, what yeah. kind of purpose you need and a routine. I will not tell you all of these de details, but uh, I, we need to talk to them and just tell now it's war. You have to let us to use and, and we just, for example, we signed paper with some people and we send, we cannot send money just to private uh, like um, debit card or credit card. We cannot do it. Just people who work, for example, I ask, okay, here's number of pastors, send them money and they take uh, cash from the um, machine and we will give it for drivers and go away no time it's something like that sometimes it's very very difficult to work with this situation because keep people out of of sitting and you it's very difficult to find the right person to talk to mm -hmm. and my idea i told to my bookkeeper because she's also not in kiev she has a baby, she, she's out of key because it's, it's a security reason. But she with computer, she can do everything what, I need, what we need. I told her it's my responsibility. We have to broken all of that law and do just to get result. Our buses must be full of gas. We need to have enough product for and we have to spend money for need what what today we really uh, have to uh, need to sp because we have many people many needs many problems and sometimes and I told if we will get to the prison after that it's I, it will be my responsibility I will I'm ready for that no problem but it's war I'm not afraid because God witness I do all of that not for me I do it for just for helping people for serving people you, nobody can bring cash or or and, and we don't have any cash we have to find way how to work with it's ukraine we just couple maybe maybe a couple years ago maybe 50 percent of people start to work with a credit card or business mm. or ah. a debit card before that it was just cash so cryptocurrency is out of the question no uh, uh, it's question how we have to get a currency from a account, church account, and mm -hmm. spend that money for need what we have now. Yeah. It's it's routine. Maybe I don't have to tell you all of that routine, but today it's all my headache. I, I know how to do it in Ukraine because I'm creative. I'm from underground. I know this system. I remember um, several years ago, uh, one church sent when we had this Maidan protest and many people, and after that war in Donbass, 
and we bring some uh, medical supplies and and custom recognized it was couple boxes more than than it was necessary and they opened for me like they persecute me and that lady from America said, she says, I just saw a little empty spot. I put extra bag, extra, extra box with oh. that. That's all. And, and, but uh, sometimes you have to be very strong and courage uh, and no fear. I know how to fight with bureaucracy and with corruption in this country because I know my country. It's a great country. I love Ukraine. But uh, we still have uh, all our democracy is not very clear, very well, and and uh, bureaucracy uh, looking how they can get some interest from you. And I know how to talk to them. It's it's part of my role. Yeah, it's better just to preach, better just to pray together, better just to be part of um, of just spiritual ministry, and very often you have to walk through all of that routine. Wow. I cannot believe that they have not uh, taken down some of those barriers from you, you know, for you. They, 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 because most of people from, uh, from bureaucracy people who are responsible, they just left or they go to war mm. and not enough right people in the right place. Why? Because Kiev now, now it's a dangerous place. What are you saying there? in terms of military movements. Let me understand you correctly one more time. In Kyiv, what is happening militarily there? Well, militarily here, I can tell you just which city. Let, it's, um, ah, in Mariupol today. Uh, let me, Mariupol. Can you imagine how you call this uh, hospital where uh, delivery baby, lady delivery baby. Yes. Uh, they send the uh, rocket straight to that hospital. Can you imagine? And today no. Putin says, I'm sorry, I didn't have information about civil people, so many civil people uh, struggling and they have a um, all of this refugee problem. Our purpose is just military base, but he lie. He always lie. It's very, very, very. We know that very well. Maybe Western world start to recognize him, who who he is. But it's it's happened just today, and uh, and uh, uh, what's happened now, like in couple hours maybe two or three hours it was big how you call bomb like a boom big yeah. noise and uh, one more russian jet who fly to kiev just to send rocket was uh, kicked just maybe three kilometers from my home it it crashed crashed yes because and uh, and uh, the pilot jumped, but because he was very close to land, very mm. uh, how you, not high, low right. from the land, right. his parachute not open, and oh, he died. Oh, wow. Uh, I'm sorry, but sometimes it's, we, we say praise it's God, because it's, it's, we, 
they uh, they come here to to kill civil people and because of that we are very angry about Kyiv is a dangerous place because they for example today many media says Kyiv citizen be ready for crucial Russian attack to Kyiv Putin want to get Kyiv and he reorganize all his army he want to get to the Kyiv he want to kill our president and put but it it will not work or all of us we will die or we will we will protect our city yeah it's it's for sure how many people in your church are still around right i don't know because many people stay at home but mm. uh, maybe 80% of people left kiev city uh, right now we have maybe every day what it's mean 100 people working uh, in our place here in Kiev, but the same you saw on that video uh, we have yeah. this camp yeah. <laughs> it's just 165 kilometers from Kiev south from Kiev we send them uh, after big shock we feed them we give them great atmosphere and after that we try find way how to send them far away from Kiev like to the west or to Poland border some of them uh, left Ukraine and right mm. now I don't know how um, how I have 1500 members but now if I will have maybe if today we will have a peace in Kiev now maybe a couple hundred not more mm-hmm. the green corridors again the Russians apparently set these set these things up but they go to Belarus and they go to Russia? No, they go to Ukraine. We, we, it says, and our people does not want to go to Russia or Belarus. They want, Russia want them, Russia push them go to Belarus or Russia. But they won't go to Ukraine. Why? Because Russia want to have a nice picture. Oh, Ukrainians, civil people run to Russia. Can you imagine how it's yep. nice looking for Russia if they will show all around the world Ukrainian civil people kids run from Ukrainian army to Russia they will do they will say like that So nobody's doing it uh, No 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 maybe they will find somebody but you know no no one city no one mayor says okay Welcome to my city. Here is key from my city. You can do anything. No one. What it means? Ukrainian now, and and do know they kill in this little, um, this Irpin, Bucha, and Gastomel. It's also my little city. Uh, they because they push mayor of that city to let to just to greet them, and he is not greet, and they. Just kill kill him publicly. Do you think that would happen to Ukrainians who go to Belarus or Russia? No. If if Ukrainian will go to Belarus or Russia, they will just make a big propaganda. Yes. And we doesn't want and just people who suffering understand that very well, because in Russia no freedom. In Russia you will be depend completely. In Ukraine you are free. Go to Poland. You are free. Go to any place. 
if you need any help, any kind of country in Russia, you will be in big trouble, especially if you are Ukrainians. Yeah, I would think so. Um, well, I understand that people in Russia are leaving, uh, expats. Oh, Russian people, it's, it's amazing because I, when I communicate with Russian people, they told more and more. It's middle class. I'm not talking about uh, like a rich people, middle class. More and more people find a way have to left country because they understand Russian ship is going down, going to, going to, to be, to have to, when ship is down under the water, it's going to die, honestly. What kind of communications do you have? You, obviously, we're speaking right now. Do you have radio, TV, on Russia, internet? Or, on Russia or, or in Ukraine? Ukraine. In Ukraine, we have any kind. For example, when I teach, because I provide services online, praise God, we, we was one of the, because the Northland Church in Florida, maybe 10 years ago, they teach us how to work online. In more than 10 years, we are online. Awesome. It's great. And now we can use the same time online and Zoom. What it means, for example, pastors from different regions, different places from home, they can enjoy together and many people and we can stay at home and we, I can preach, somebody can give testimony and people can uh, give prayer requests. All of that can be like in one moment. Uh, it's online. It's, it's amazing. Wonderful. Like You can it, find it our last New Life Kiev, New Life Church. You can find or I can send you a link for our service. But it's in Ukrainian. We, we have people who translate, but now they had big attack and, and, and they have two kids and they, she was a very shocked and she speaks great English. And I, if you want, I can give uh, her phone number or maybe... Yeah, go ahead and, and WhatsApp it to me. Yeah, WhatsApp. And if they have good... Uh, in. Uh, internet you can because i can give you whatsapp with lady from our camp okay. we have one lady she speaks perfect english she run a school of english school she can oh, wonderful my english is poor because i'm sorry i your english is excellent so with time uh, uh, communist country not allowed me they kicked me out from university they kicked me out from music school I was very persecuted, but it was past. God gave me English like a speaking tongue. I'm sorry. If I make mistake, sorry, forgive me. Oh, you are wonderful. I'm not afraid about that. I just tell what I have in my heart. Provisions in Ukraine, in Kiev. Provisions. Uh, water? You know, many, sewage? Uh, provisions, food? you mean food? Do you have enough food? You, are, is the water flowing? You know, I are have the toilets flushing? Because, because I have enough. And, uh, you know, number one, uh, many, many, many uh, grocery stores is closed. Some, I can send you picture of Ukrainian grocery store. It, it was written in, in, it written in uh, Ukrainian bread. And you will see shelf completely empty. Nothing, mm -hmm. zero. 
It's mm. why when I, it's God spoke to me, why I have a, my friend in this village where we have camp, they produce bread. We start to bring just bread. We send people there and bring bread this way. And later, and what it means, now in some city, we, some grocery store, we have something, but if I will send you a line of people, it's huge line outside of shopping center or grocery store. It's like, a, if you're familiar with meters, it's like 500 meters, maybe wow. one, one quarter, just line of people who waiting for to get inside. Wow. And when you stay a couple hours to get inside, it's very often you will find empty shelf, uh, empty, empty, nothing, maybe something, but it's not good. But some now it's maybe they start to bring. Today I purposely visit a grocery store just to see what's going on. And I was surprised just to see some rice. It was very nice. I surprised to to see and by people people get it's line but for me it was very interesting to see what they have and the, another problem people m many refugee and many people out of money just no cash yeah. money and no our president promised to give some uh, maybe maybe a hundred dollars maybe hundred twenty dollars it's if we convert to everyone who is out of job but many people like volunteers people who stay who stay uh, who who now fighting we all of us no money no cash how you can buy that it's another problem if you will have something in grocery store it not many people can buy it, he just yesterday announced he says don't be afraid we will take care we will give but it's it's large number of money for him how do we get money to you just to send money to church account and to the church account i told you every we are creative we find way have to have to yeah. get gas and have to for example pastor behind pastor has a for example responsible for some region of kiev and he has five drivers he has to i just say okay we will give send to him like he gets some salary but i give him not just salary uh five times more than salary and because i can do it like for example i can tell you them it's because of war i give him for humanitarian purpose for pastor and pastor because i give special papers for for that and my bookkeeper send it to cart and he take money and can use it for people needs but i can yeah. give it just for number or i find for example today what we did we find some it company and that it company i signed agreement with them for example they will provide all it needs what we have and wow. they we will send them some money and they will bought for us everything what church need because uh, director of that company he's a christian he can do it honestly i can trust him where are they located 
they locate in western part of Ukraine. Why? Because they provide bus for us. Nice. And because I know him, I can trust him. I can, I can do very important if you can trust person because I, I, I you know, my experience is so big. I can tell you a lot about my experience with KGB, about my experience with traditional Baptist church or Pentecostal church, my experience with uh, some Americans who are not Christians, are just a crook. They look like Christian. I have mm. big experience. If I will tell you my story and my life, it can be a big movie about about all of that. It's it's long story. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but we are not talking about that now. So no Russian soldiers around you right now in your city? Right in, yeah. It's just, um, you know, uh, yes, we are not under Russian control. If I okay. will be under Russian control, it will be no way to con- communicate with you. Okay. No way to, to, they will shut down phones, shut down everything, and you will be like uh, on the prison. Are you afraid? I'm not afraid because I'm, my car is full of gas. I work in here how much I can. If I understand, it, they start to uh, move to my side. I will be very close, like, like five, seven, ten miles. I will try to move a little bit. I will left everything, just take computer, phone, documents, and I, 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 I will move to another side of the river because in the middle of our uh, city it's a river uh, I live in left side it's from northeast where it's Russia move uh, larger side it's uh, right side of the river Dnieper river mm-hmm. uh, and uh, but bridge is now completely controlling and if something wrong Ukraine will destroy all breaches. Maybe they will get my side, left side of the city. But after that, we are not allowed them to move to the right side of the city. Really? That's the plan? It is one also plan because we will fight for for last bullet. Bullet, is it correct? Correct. I know yes. Bible words. Bullet, bullet. Yeah, we, we will stay how long we can. You can't imagine. I have, I, I have with me uh, Kalashnikov. What else do you have? Yeah, because no, you can. You, but because when it's certain, we have Christian who, who on this land defend, and they say a pastor come, and I give my passport, everything, and they give me uh, legally all of that. Do you have lot, lots of ammo? I have some, well, some maybe. If, if, if it may be four, four, uh, four, um, four to thirty each, it will uh-huh. be, uh, uh, it, it, it will be 120, but for it's for some reason, something. Do you know how to fire that thing? What do you know how to fire or use it? I used to be in Soviet army, I know very well. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Of course I, you do then. I, I know very well, yeah, and um, I'm not afraid. But if it will be dangerous for my family or for my 
for 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 my uh, for me uh, I know how to use and I was my con before that I was very um, very um, how to say um, in Ukraine in Soviet time Christian uh, very um, not legalistic to be correct mm -hmm. it's uh, uh, people who are not kill how to you call it very uh, in English, yeah, let me just remind this word. Devout? Oh, one, one more time. Devout? Are you talking about killing Christians? No, no. Uh, oh. People who never kill anyone. and it's Oh, pacifist. Pa pacifist, you're right. Pacifist, you're right. I was very big pacifist in Soviet time. Ah. And now during Maidan protest and all of that, uh, war, what we have eight years, God completely changed me. If I can kill Putin, I will kill him without any doubts, because it's evil, and 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 this guy kill you know so many people, and he will kill much more in Ukraine and maybe outside of Ukraine. Maybe he will start uh, the second, third war, and he will kill all people around. He's crazy completely. And I think if somebody will kill him, I will applaud, applaud, or I will, or I can do it. No problem if I can. If I will have chance. You probably speak for a lot of Ukrainians. Yeah, I know. I know a lot of military people. In my church, I have military people. It's first church who more than ten years every service. We pray for Ukraine publicly, and we sing together. It's very special song. It's like a Christian national atoms. We we pray like a, God just protect our country. God just uh, give us peace. God we and and I teach people not just to know God. I also teach people how to love this country, how to love this land, how to protect. Why? Because during the 300 years, Ukraine was under Russian control. And the last special 70 years in Soviet time, they tried to build one country, it's Soviet country, destroy any nationality. And they tried to build one language, Russian language. My father was just one pastor in Kiev who preached gospel in national Ukrainian language. And I was one of one of first pastor also in uh, independent who print half of million Ukrainian Bible Ukrainian Bibles. It's important for us, and who start to preach you in Ukrainian language. And we we have now just Ukrainian service, not Russian. Before that, we used to have just Russian. After that, Russian and Ukraine two services. Now it's just Ukraine. Why? Because in brain of many people, it's under Soviet influence. And I told very yeah. often, we walked through all of that difficulty. Like, like Israel walked 40 years after Egypt to, yeah. to get out from Egypt. They took Egypt with them to the desert. Mm. Something like yeah. that, I can tell you for, uh, believe me, we, I can see now in our people, 
many our people, especially also people, Ukrainian and Russian people who moved to America. I know hundred thousand people, Ukrainian and Russian in America. They live in America and they have a Soviet mind. Can you imagine? Wow. Be why? Because they watch Russian TV. I'm so happy uh. now because many countries, including America, turn off Russian channel like uh, Russia Today RT. and all of that. And they can watch straight Russia propaganda. Mm -hmm. It's huge, big. I know I can show you many American Ukrainians or Russian who who very sympathetic to, to Putin. It's, yeah. it's terrible for me. And I sometimes I just fight with them, like uh, uh, or argue with them very seriously because they have Soviet mind. And yeah. we have some people here, but after such kind of war like now, I think it will be less and less such kind of people. Before war, we had 15% of such kind of people. Mm -hmm. Now, maybe, maybe it will be uh, maybe 1% because, you know, it, but it still will be people like that. One guy, live, all... one guy live in Santa Barbara, my close friend, I bring him to, to the Lord. He's a very good guy. He used to live in Chernigov. Now Russia bombed Chernigov completely and killed many people. I show him, him all of that video and he still says, oh, Russia and Ukraine, it's firing brothers. You can say something bad about Russia. And I'm very angry about him. Mm. But it, what it means, it's, I told you this story with Egypt and, uh, and Jewish, it's the same. Soviet mind, Soviet type of people. But now I'm so happy because Putin and his, uh, his problem, what we had eight years ago, and now he helped Ukrainian to be not just a population, to be nation, to be patriotic. To be to unite, he helped Ukraine unite. Do you understand me? He yes. helped because he make a lot of problems for us, and I'm so happy because uh, Putin uh, wake up West West Western world. Is it correct? Yes. And and before that, I remember uh, when Trump was and he says Putin was good guy. And I understand it was a, uh, oh, maybe NATO, we don't need NATO. Maybe we have to just forget about NATO. It was some kind of talk like that. I, I hope you remember that. And, yeah. And now we understand we need, we need protection. And we feed, the Western world feed Russia. But when Western world buy gas and oil, America, Europe, British, and uh, they give a lot of hard currency to Russia. Russia gets yes. rich. Russia make a lot of military uh, supplies and all stuff. And because of that, uh, we have what we have now. It's responsibility of Russia, respons responsibility of America and Europe who spend, who give Russia a lot of money for gas and for fuel, for oil. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And for example, I'm angry also now about what Poland ready to give for Ukraine 25 
military jet. We really need nobody close sky. Right. We need close sky immediately. Yes. And uh, why Western world so afraid? Because they afraid uh, third third world war. Yeah. Yeah. Or Poland says, okay, we ready to give this, but Russia says, if you will give, we will send uh, like an atomic bomb to Warsaw, to Warsaw. Poland says, okay, America, we will give it to your base and you can give it to Ukraine. And America thinking or more than one, uh, one week today, Poland, oh no, I think Poland uh, in Poland and she now talk about that. We are angry because they yeah. want to see Ukraine like a gray zone and they would like to protect their country for 100% and no risk. My face is a risk. I always, during the, all my life of faith, I make a risk. When I preach gospel, I make a risk. When I print literature, I make a risk. Now, when I stay in Kiev, I make a risk. I am 65. I'm easy. can left country and just go to America and relax in Florida. It's a nice place. Right. But I'm here because for me to have a face, it's make a risk. It's very important. And America, how much do to pay for your face? Your face, it just cost for you nothing. Mm-hmm. Very comfortable face. But yeah. For me, it's completely different. And I don't know how to knock to to Western world and just to say you have to make a risk in the name of Jesus Christ. You have to, okay, we love, you know, if I will say to my wife, I love you, but I see some guys just try to have sex with her and I am not protect her. It's not mean I love her. I must be ready to die for her. And yeah. it's like Americans and many other countries say, okay, we love, we love Ukraine. We have some, but Ukraine, it's your problem. You have to fight with such a big deer, like a, like a beer, Prana, or like a, yes. like a, but it's not love. You have to, you know, just when we had Maidan and eight years, if NATO or America send just troops in Ukraine, Russia never come to Ukraine if American was here. But America afraid to be here. Why? Because it's risky. Mm-hmm. We, we can sign the agreement like America and Israel, and we can easily get uh, to have like agreement between America and Ukraine. And America says, Ukraine, we will protect 100%. If you will touch, like God says, everyone who touch you, touch my, part of my eye. Do you remember this word? Mm. And it's the same American. Any, any problem with Ukraine, it's the same you make problem for me, for America. Yeah, yeah. It's the talk. But Biden afraid to, to get such a strong position. It's, it's make me angry. I'm sorry. I, I must. It's the NATO alliance. Yeah. It's placating Putin, buying more oil from him, giving him the money to prosecute this war. It's just insane. Yeah, they feed him. Yeah, they did. Yeah, I can tell you many, many things like that because my heart full of um, 
I don't, maybe it's not sin because I can see Jesus was sometimes angry. Sometimes I'm very yeah. angry to see wrong sins. When, Righteous anger. Yeah, angry because I can see it's it's wrong way to do it. It's it's no like like a Macron from like a, a, a Germany long way. They just say, oh, we doesn't want to to do something bad for Russia. No sanction. Do you know all of that? What that? It's like a different two standards. If you mm -hmm. stay, if your value is democracy, you must to be honest and say democracy for me. That's number one. Russia gives some black money for some politician, like Schroeder, other. Russia knows many ways how to use Western people. Russia knows weak side of people, of politicians. And Russia, Putin, play big game. No yeah. game. Value, democracy, Bible value, it's number one. And we stay on that. And... It, it, it must to be like this. And freedom. I, yeah, go ahead. Freedom. Freedom, you're right. Democracy, freedom, yeah. It, it, we, we have to fight for that. But, but I, most of why I'm so angry, it's because I don't want to see Ukraine like a gray zone. Okay, we will give Ukraine like a gray zone. And do you understand gray zone? I'm beginning to, I think. Gray so zone. Not affiliated. It, it, it between, it's between uh, Russia and democracy. Something gray. It will be some needy plague. It's it's not white, not black. Gray. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And uh, it's look like Western world ready to let Ukraine to be gray. Just, just we will not allow NATO come here. We will not allow uh, Ukraine to have democracy like we want, uh, but uh, you will be like a part, like Russia, part like democracy, something gray. It's make me very, very angry. Mm -hmm. Because Ukrainian people, very, uh, maybe we are poor, but not stupid. And you can see how God, <laughs> what, how we fighting with Russia. God give us a lot of success. Because Ukraine people is not stupid. We can help a lot for... And I can tell you so many people around the world, famous people, they, are, they have Ukrainian background. What it means? Why you just um, put us to such kind position? You are number, number two or three or five, like some maybe like Africa or, or India or something. We are the middle of Europe. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Anatoly, yeah. one last thing before I let you go. Yeah. How do you retain trust in, in Christ at this time? Let me understand you very clear. Try to explain the same question by another way. How do you keep trust in Christ when so many things are going wrong? Oh, it's because I have a big spiritual experience. When everything going well and right, it's easy to trust God. Oh, I'm Christian. To have a faith, it's easy. 
when everything going wrong because I know we live in broken world. We are, each of us, we are broken. But we just got uh, right, always right. And because of that, he is just one hope. And I commit my life to him. I, I'm not perfect. I have weak side. I try to work in, with me and God help me. But I know where I'm going. It's important not how holy you are. It's important which way, which direction you move to. And, and because of God is holy, God full of grace and mercy, and I know it, it's not just a word, it's, it's, I know practically many, many, many times all my life, and it's helped me to trust God, it's helped me to, to be strong enough, not afraid. I, sometimes I'm crazy, I tell for Christian leader what I'm not very smart to say, very honest and very clear. Why? Because I have just one short life and somebody has to tell truth. And, and it, it's, I think it's much better because I, I have hope to get to the heaven. I have, I have hope to get to the heaven. Mm. I know one day I will stay in front of God. And I know this life is such a short life. And it, it's, it, it's helped me to be who I am. Thank you, Anatoly. God bless you. Thank and I you pray... very much. Forgive me if something wrong or you disagree. I was honest. And you can use it uh, for God's glory. Just don't blame, blame much Ukraine or American. We must be honest and uh, to get purpose, to help people to be more honest, to be more, more Christian, to to be more effective. That's all what I would like to see from journalists and from yeah. you, from everyone. Well, we're hearing stories about how the Ukrainian army are turning their guns on their own people. No, it's, I can tell you, I can tell you about that. It's another question and we can talk about that too. But we can do, do that next time. Next time, not now. Thank you very much. It was long Thank you, day Anatoly. And, and now we have a 8 p.m. And for me, it was long day with a lot of emotion. And God bless you. And we will keep in touch in, and you can find me anytime. I never connect. If not, we will meet somewhere there. If you will find somebody who would like to help, if you want, I can. I don't have you in, your, in my messenger or I can send just to, to WhatsApp just if you want, just uh, yes. a church account for some reason. If some people want to help, no problem. Church account and, and they, can, they can do. If, if not, it's, it doesn't matter because my purpose not that. I do what I have to do. God take care about another side. If you want, I can send it to you. Please do. Okay, I will. Thank you very much again. God bless you. And everything will be great. I, I have faith. And we will... I, I had such a nice message a couple of weeks ago. I'm so sad you can't get this in, in English. Yeah, maybe one day I will tell the same in America when 
were somewhere in, in Florida. God bless you. Thank you. Thank you. And now, secondarily, we have a highlight of part two of my interview with Antifa John. As you heard last week, and you might want to stop and listen to the podcast before you hear part two if you didn't hear last week, I recently wrote a story over at PJ Media describing the horrible shooting or what we knew of it in Portland, Oregon, a few weeks back. Several people were shot. One person died, a 60-year-old Antifa militant. We still don't know exactly what happened, but Antifa John lets us into a few of the details from that night. The police may be stymied in their investigation because Antifa picked up the brass, removed information that could help the police, evidence and that sort of thing, and left the scene. So, so the police might be hitting up against a brick wall. So maybe the police are stymied, or maybe they don't want to know when there was the shootout between Antifa and some guy with a hobby of dressing up like animals. You know, they call them furries. We had a former Oregon congressional person who was a furry. I have no idea what this thing is all about. Anyway, welcome to the Portland Weirdo Bermuda Triangle. Beyond that, worse, an Antifa woman was killed. The furry guy was, ser- furry guy was seriously wounded. Okay. But when it comes to Antifa, nothing is as it seems. You think there's mis- and disinformation coming out of the Russia invasion of Ukraine? It looks like the Antifa mob has taken disinformation lessons from Vladimir Putin himself. Listen to last week's podcast about the takeover of the Portland Police News Conference on this issue and hear it for yourself. What are they so afraid of? But Antifa, the group of violent militants who brought you the summer of love, not just in Portland, but in Seattle, too. Oh, yes, Luis was there. They're very, very, very nervous about this shooting. They're afraid that they will get caught dead to rights about what happened in this shooting. They've gone silent. They picked up their brass. They took evidence and then they left. They took over a news conference to divert attention to a biker gang. What's really going on? Well, since last week, I've received tips. And we think we know who Antifa John is. Indeed, it it appears that Antifa John had a reason why he's tried to pin everything on journalist Andy No. That's right, because he's twice been on the scrum of Antifa Black Bloc who have beaten Andy No. They've sued and countersued each other. He has every reason in the world to want to divert attention and blame a journalist who merely reports what authorities are saying about Antifa. So you need to know that as you go into part two. Now, so Antifa John apparently was with Antifa in the latest clash when they chased down Andy No on the streets of Portland. The video of this is completely hair-raising. They cornered him like an animal. He took refuge in a fancy Portland hotel. They wanted to toss him out. And this is the way it sounded when they finally cornered him. And Antifa John was there. I saw him. There is potty talk because where Antifa is, potty talk follows. So please 
put on your Kevlar earmuffs. Come out, Andy. You thought the milkshakes were bad last time? We're going to beat the fuck out of you, bitch. Y'all, Andy knows here at the Nines Hotel. Andy knows inside the hotel called the cops on everyone saying that he's going to get killed out here. Gee, why would he think that? They'd already jumped him, kicked him, punched him, socked him in the eye, threw him on the ground, beat his head in after chasing him for blocks. Stop! Nazi, stop! You see my face, Eddie? Eddie, you see my face? You see my fucking face? normal totally normal and do you know who does that a pack of jackals and by the way antifa john was probably there let's listen to part two of my discussion with antifa john how does violence help your cause um Talking about violence as it's something that is used to help a cause is not really the way that people generally view it. Um, Well, Well, then why do you do it? Well, I personally don't. I'm going to say that, first of all. Um, I don't commit crimes when I'm at protest. Um, Largely because my role generally is to be a citizen journalist. But I also identify as an activist, so I just want to say that, especially since this is public. Um, When it comes to my not caring whether people, uh, you know, catch a dumpster on fire or, um, you know, catch a board on fire at the Portland Police Union, um, their reasoning... A board? Well, that's, that's what has happened every time. It's been some kind of, like, either a mattress, like, I think there's been... I was at 99% of the protests that happened, especially over the first like six months. And out of all of the protests that occurred, I believe that there was uh, about 20 declared riots out of hundreds of nights, maybe 25, I think. Um, The rest were not. Um, And within those riots, sometimes structures were caught on fire. And every time a structure was caught on fire, which was the Portland Police Union twice, um, there was a a burn a burning board that was put against the federal courthouse that never caught the structure on fire. There was a porta potty that almost caught the Apple Store on fire. There was. Um, a dumpster that was on fire that got pushed against the North Precinct one night. Um, and I might be missing one or two. But my point is, is that um, 
there wasn't actually that many structure fires. There were probably a hundred plus dumpster fires. And the reason why people do that is just to be disruptive, to, to make the police have to, you know, run around instead of, you know, attacking people. It's, 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 it's a, it's a result of the people in power not listening. It's not necessarily always this, like, I'm going to do this to achieve this response. It's like, we, prior to George Floyd, every time somebody was killed in Portland, there was a protest and they were, they were 99% of the time, totally peaceful marches. Maybe they blocked traffic and no one ever listened. Nothing ever changed. And then all of a sudden the George Floyd thing happened and it was just the perfect culmination of circumstances between the pandemic, um, the, you know, George Floyd, the killing of George Floyd just being extra horrific on film and just the collection of uh, people that have been killed that no one's really listened to when people protest. And so this was like, okay, people are done. Like we've tried everything that you said, like we've like everybody's done it the way that you've been telling us to do it and no one's listened. So it's kind of that idea of like the riot, right is the language of the unheard. Just people are not being listened to as well as like a lot of, a lot of the, you know, especially the first weekend, like the, the one, there was actually only two days in Portland where things were looted. One was the very first, well, the first weekend on Friday. And then there was another day in North Portland. Um, At the Ludi Vuitton. Correct. And if you watch those videos, you could see that this is like a combination of like opportunist, you know, nobody's like, you can tell it's a bunch of kids or it's just people that also are like not really activists, but they're showing up to protest because they're just done with this. They're just like, like, what do you do? What do you do if, the, if you don't listen? And so what was the purpose of setting the Apple store on fire so many times? Well, the Apple store never caught on fire, but the one time that it almost did was actually a porta potty that was caught on fire. Well, I mean, I've seen, I think it's two or three times that it, they've had to close because of fires set and looting. So the Apple store was closed initially because their windows were broken and they were, and they were, um, they were looted pretty much. Um, so that's mm-hmm. the reason why they put the fencing around it was to prevent the window breaking. And then there was the one time that a porta potty outside of the Apple store was caught on fire and it got the tree branches and eventually almost got to the, and I think did either did get the building or almost got the building. Char- charred so, the building. So I'm, I'm looking, I'm, yeah, that uh, probably not very nice. I mean, it wasn't your property and all that. So the time, riot timeline, this is just only a partial one, May 29 to November 15, 2020, it's uh, 30 riots. 960 arrests, and there are, are things that are in between, such as the police deploying chem spray or, you know, flashbangs, and they re- recorded all of it. So that was 30 riots. That's not nothing. And that's only in a short period of time. That's not even 2021. Yeah. Um, but also, there's been nights where there's one that's coming to mind specifically where we were up at the, on East Burnside at the it's a Multnomah County Sheriff slash Portland police building and everybody was in the street and they were on the, um, property lines, like in the driveway, um, chanting and, and yelling at the police. 
And nothing illegal happened that night, and they declared a riot. So there were nights also that, um, and in Oregon, to declare a riot, um, the legal definition is that more than five people have to be engaged in violent, tumultuous um, mm-hmm. behavior for you to declare a riot. Because the idea of a riot is that there's multiple people that are engaging in some kind of like property destruction. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, fair enough. Patterns also are established, however. I mean, there were illegal gatherings and that sort of thing, right? Well, um, yeah, legally, legally, there's no if an on, uh, uh, what they would call uh, um, you might be able to help me out here. The term they use is unlawful assembly. That that actually yeah, that's it. That is actually not a um, crime. Um, that's a way that the police um, use to try to um, disperse a crowd um, for various reasons, but not, um, as a result of criminal behavior, because somebody's committing a crime, they can arrest that specific person. If many people are committing, uh, property destruction, that's when they, de- they can declare a riot. So when they're declaring an unlawful assembly, it's usually because they feel like they've lost control of a crowd and there's not really a criminal behavior that they can target. So they'll just declare unlawful and they'll charge and they'll just grab anybody they can and, right. and they'll give them a charge. Well, it's because of, they did get out of, they did get out of hand. I, I can see why they'd want to get in front of it. Do you understand that? Um, I mean, getting out of hand, um, like in the sense of people are becoming really enraged. They're yelling at the police, throwing water bottles, things like that. No. No, I well, throwing water bottles uh, with frozen water at cops, uh, that's a weapon. That's battery and assault. But what I'm saying is the Which they never pattern of behavior. Of. They never, oh, except you, the, have pic- you have photos of people with the uh, canned, canned food. If you have pictures of frozen water bottles, there are... Who do, I got to ask you. I've never, I've never you, seen okay? pictures of frozen water bottles ever, and, I've, and I pay attention, but I'm not saying it didn't happen. <laughs> Who forward deploys all of the weapons? Like, you know, like the piles of stuff you hear about. Who does that? Uh, I don't know your reference. To use as projectiles. The, you know, for example, you will see, you know, piles of bricks. I've seen that in New York, and I know that I uh, can't come up with any specific instances in Portland, but I know that has occurred in Portland. Um, who does that? I've I've personally never seen a pile of uh, weapons or projectiles set somewhere. Um, I've seen videos in other cities, but every time I've ever seen a video in another city, it's a pile of bricks, um, or, um, some kind of, um, masonry, which is very common for people to spend for, for companies to spend months on a job and they leave their supplies and they'll usually put some kind of perimeter around that's extremely common in in construction um so i mm-hmm. think people are just happening just happening to see that during a protest and they're making it out to be something it's not on street corners yeah yeah they don't do that because they could be used as weapons like, who does that nobody does that that's crazy talk construction companies definitely do that they definitely leave their supplies and they'll usually um, put something around them to, to protect them. But that's totally normal. Okay. Now, how long have you been been a, an anti-fascist uh, 
volunteer or a person who is affinity with these this collection of people in Portland? Um, as far as active, it, was, it happened during um, Trump's campaign. Um, I've identified as anti-racist for a decade plus. So uh, what are we talking about? 2015? 2016? 2016, yeah. So were you at the Don't Shoot Portland event in which Mike Strickland pulled his gun? I was not at that one. Not because of being inactive, but I just didn't happen to be there. Now, who is a fascist? Because we're all confused. I say people on my right of center uh, meal you. We all look and we go, oh, I guess I'm a racist today. I guess I'm a fascist. I mean, well, I mean, it's gotten to the point where it doesn't mean anything anymore. But I want to know from you, uh, who, what is the technical definition of fascist, at least in the mind's eye of a person in Antifa? Um, I'm, I'll just tell you my view. Um, okay. So anybody that is a white nationalist, which are people that advocate in this country would be that America is a was founded and for white people. Um, they, they believe in a white ethno state um, or segregate at, at minimum a segregation um, of white people from people of color. Um, any a Nazis, a fascist. But at a, in a broader sense, fascists are people that believe that there's a natural. And so fascism, there's different. There's like classical fascism. There's like Mussolini's fascism. And then there's Hitler's fascism. Um, there's people like Franco and um, uh, Chilean uh, dictator Pinochet that resembled fascists, but maybe don't meet the full definition. And they vary. So fascism is hard to define, but the way that I define it in a way that creates a common thread amongst all uh, fascist movements, including the modern American fascist movement, is that it's people that believe that there's a natural um, fundamental hierarchy, natural hierarchy. So there are people that naturally are superior. And so sometimes that's religious um, and sometimes that's racial. Sometimes it's uh, based off of sex um, and that any efforts to try to create um, a, an equal playing field is usually used. Uh, suppression is usually used um, to stop that. And that's why you see that fascists are generally so opposed to like socialist communists, because these are people that are calling for like a classless society. Um, or mm-hmm. or at least a society that's not so unequal. That's why you see that there's a direct opposition between these two groups. Um, but I don't know if that makes sense to you, but fascists are generally going to believe that um, they are like naturally or um, genetically better than and that they that any any kind of unequal um, anything unequal in society is because, that group is stronger and was made and was made in a way and they earned their ability to be on top. Does that make sense? So Ibram, Ibram Kendi and critical race theory, which calls for a separation and an othering of one particular racial group from another. Those people are racists. Those people are fascists, correct? Under your definition. No, because that's not what critical race theory is. Um, crit- Ibram Kendi, I mean, has the result of that has been a segregation, correct? No. On college campuses, for example. Well, are you, are you for example, about on college campus. 
Are you talking about authors of Critical Race Theory? I don't know the specific person you're mentioning. It's well, he's the guy who wrote the book, basically. Um, so, but but in terms of what has happened, for example, on college campuses, you have safe spaces for people of certain colors, only black people generally, maybe other people's people of color as well, um, from white people. So segregating from white people, you know, when I came up, uh, the point was to get together, not segregate. I was part of a, in high school, I was part of a group of uh, an organization, an attempt to see integration, more thorough integration. And now we have a segregation literally taking place before our eyes. But under your definition, people who encourage that are fascists. Um, no, because you're referencing something that actually doesn't happen as much as y'all would want people to believe but when when say but like, it happens and they use that well when when you're talking when you're sorry. talking about things like uh some black folks getting together and they say that they want to start a group for black people um that is no i'm talking about segregated dormitories segregated cafeterias curious say segregated safe spaces you've got people who want uh like multi, areas like where there's only black people like multicultural centers no no. See, the, no. what you're referencing, I've never no. actually seen evidence of. If you're talking well, about you should probably look like it up because it's happening. Multicultural centers, dormitories, dormitories for blacks only. I mean, we're going backwards. Well, I think if so, I'll give you the benefit of the doubt. Is if that is happening, we have to consider. It is happening. We have to consider that this is a response to white supremacy. This is a response to people feeling like they've been targeted by the dominant majority of society you know white people um and therefore they don't feel safe or they're responding in a way that they feel like is going to empower them i'm not somebody that advocates for that but like if that's what people feel like they need to do to feel safe then more more power to them that's different than white nationalists or white separatists saying that we need to get rid of black people or we at least need to put them over here because they're who, who saying that who is saying who is a white separatist give me a give me a couple of examples of people that i might know besides um, richard spencer who's a socialist do you, do you know so. who, do you know who the probably the most prominent right now would be nick fuentes uh oh he wasn't he a, is that baked alaska dude He's a he's Who is that he guy? works with Baked Alaska, yes. So he's a part of the America First. Um, I don't want to say movement. Now, America because, First is not okay. America First does not mean white people only. You understand that, right? Well, America First has because black people are Amer- and America Firsters. Yes. So there's the term America First, which is a statement that is not always used by white nationalists, but America first has a long history of being connected to fascist movements. So again, that, but does it now? I mean, yeah. So, so so actually um, up until probably a year ago when people would refer to America first, I would say there was more people that not that fall into the white nationalist category. So going back to America first, when I say, when I said America first, Nick Fuentes started a podcast called America first and he has his own specific flag. He has his own specific movement. That's like the Graper movement. Um, so that's what I was. Okay. So he's, he's one, he's one person who, to, at whom you point and say that guy's 
that guy's a white nationalist. Who who else? Oh, there's so there's so many. I mean, there's so many. Um, well, think about it. I mean, there there got to be. I mean, they've got to. I, I I barely even know who that guy is. So I. I, I hardly think that they're the scary people that I think the left depicts them as. But fine. I mean, I will take your word well, for I it. But focusing in you got to come up with somebody else. I think focusing in on. So they just had their conference um, just yesterday or the day before. What's that? They had like a like a, their white nationalist conference. It's called AFPAC. America First. Oh, okay. And they had. Um, they had nine um, former or current politicians. They had Joe Arpaio. They had um, two of Arizona's U.S. Congress people, Wendy Rogers and Gosar. They had um, Marjorie Taylor Greene. Um, they had uh, a former political analyst under Trump in the White House. They almost had the ICE director, the, the former ICE director under Trump there, all attending this okay. very explicit white nationalist conference. Um, where does it say white national? It was white nationalist gathering. So Nick Fuentes is the founder of the conference and the mm-hmm. Groyper movement is, and the people in it are the ones that run that um, they also had many white nationalists. Jared Taylor um, was a, is another very prominent white nationalist that's been around for decades. Um, v. Derek, so going there makes you a white nationalist, correct? Um, this I, is what you're saying. I could definitely differentiate, but the point is, is that um, say there was, and white nationalists are pretty much Nazis. The only the only thing that I the only thing that I differentiate between a, what I would call a white nationalist and a Nazi is a Nazi will generally ex- explicitly support what Hitler did in in its in his entirety or many of his policies. So white nationalists pretty much support everything um, Hitler did in his reign. Um, and then they might draw the line with killing a bunch of Jews. That's why I don't really differentiate between white nationalists and Nazis because they really are the same ideology, um, and they are all are very anti-Semitic. So there's not. So really you a must admit. Well, now let me ask you this because this is an interesting aside, and it's: Were you concerned when the? Liberals in charge and the leftists actually in charge of the Biden administration began calling for and an Oregon's governor who aligns more left than liberal and Jay Inslee and Gavin Newsom, all those people at Governor Hairgel. And you've got these people saying, well, we're going to close down the churches and synagogues and we're going to prevent people from gathering in those in, in those gatherings. But we'll let Antifa and BLM do their thing on the streets. Um did you think that was did you think that was authoritarian and Nazi like? Um, authoritarian policies I wouldn't argue against. Um, but authoritarian doesn't mean fascist. There's there's author I mean, the United States has many, many authoritarian policies that we've had. I mean, the Patriot Act, the everything that happened after nine eleven were all authoritarian Agreed. policies. So, what do you think about the way January 6th people who have been stuck in the hole for the last year um, are being treated by the Patriot Act and the folks at the DOJ? 
Can you imagine if you guys had been out there? Well, which, as a matter of fact, BLM and Antifa were out there in, in, uh, in, uh, the, right after the Trump, the Trump presidency, uh, and they held three weeks, they held a street, closed the street, burned the, tried to burn the church down and tried to get in and breach the White House such that Trump had to go and into the bunker. Uh, nobody was arrested or they were, when they were arrested, they weren't charged. And yet, and yet people who were tr- literally trespassing, uh, some, some people were violent. And I think people like that should be, uh, they should get in trouble. And they are. But so I actually, here you are. I actually, here you have the Patriot Act being used against people who trespassed. What do you think of that? I don't think the Patriot Act is being used against. I think the Patriot Act is being used against all citizens um, via surveillance and such. Um, the January 6th people, I've seen no evidence that they're treated any different than any other incarcerated person. I think that right-wingers are just getting a grasp on how messed up the incarceral system is. And they're trying to make it out like they're somehow a victim. As far as being held without bail, I mean, you attack police. Anybody that knows what happens if the police are targeted by anybody is that the police can. That's just what happens. Police will retaliate as much as they can if them or their buddies are attacked. So it's not really abnormal that you attack a cop and are held on a no bail. Like that's just what happens. Well, not all of them attacked cops. I mean, I, I will say, I understand that. I agree with you there. People who attack cops should get in trouble, which of course brings us back to why all those people in Portland and the efforts to hurt cops and in successful uh, efforts to hurt cops didn't get sent to prison. I mean, but, it's but pretty that, that's astonishing. The, that's the thing though, is that there are multiple people right now doing years so that that idea that everybody that that committed a crime um, in Portland during a protest is is mm-hmm. not being um, there's hundreds of people facing charges right now, and some of them are sitting in prison right now. So that's just and hundreds just, of them have been dropped because a majority the charges of, because I mean. a majority of them were what we would consider just like a charge by the police line where they grabbed anybody and every, every, anybody that they could, and they would charge them with like failure to obey, um, which is the only thing that they could do. And so the, then the police wouldn't follow up with any kind of evidence. The DA would say there's no evidence or I'd say, Oh, this is just somebody that refused to leave an unlawful assembly, which is not illegal. It's not like a criminal mm-hmm. charge. Um, and so the DA dropped the charges. So that's why a majority of the charges were dropped. The same thing happened with the Fed, with the feds too, with a Republican, um, a right-wing um, uh, federal prosecutor. He also did the same thing because the same thing happened with the feds. The feds would charge out and they grabbed Where? Um, in Portland with the, the, what we would call the fed wars um, where the Bortac came and they, tear gas for a month straight where most of the attention around Portland came from. Uh-huh. uh-huh. And so you're saying that the DO, the DOJ, which is that, that's the DOJ. Correct. Let, they, they uh, arrested a bunch of people. And they, uh, yes. And they, is that what I heard you say? Yes. They arrested hundreds of people and they dropped the majority of those charges because it was the same thing. Right. And you know why? And that you wasn't that wasn't a program. Do, do you know why? The same the same reason why the because they changed because I'll tell you why because they changed presidential administrations. <laughs> um, ch- charges were char- charges were dropped That's before true. Biden came into play. 
No, there's no. Yeah. I, bef- uh, I mean, before. that might be true in some cases for sure. That might be true in some cases. I'm not going to uh, forsake all of them. <laughs> I'm not going to say that that's true. But let me ask you this. Are you, Because I just kind of – I want to know why um, people believe as they do. And are you aware that people are in prison right now in Washington, D.C.? And they're in prison – having been invited into the Capitol by Capitol Police. There were two areas of getting through. There was the people who, there were the people who were being crazy and climbing walls and hitting cops. And then there was the other side where the cops were letting them in. Do you think they should be prosecuted? Yeah. I mean for being invited in? It shows the oh, you mean no, I think the police should be prosecuted. Um <laughs> I think that I mean that's that's more evidence that that police are generally side with uh right wingers and they as I'm sure you've seen that there was some stuff that was revealed recently that shows that there was some actually planning there was some actual planning by police um that were involved in the um I don't know riot in January 6th thing. January oh 6th yeah, thing. absolutely. So Have you seen just, that happen just, in Portland? No. I, I just kind of wonder if there are agents provocateur that have been fronted by the cops and the feds to go and cause problems, because it certainly appears to have happened at the January 6th thing. But I did see some stories and didn't chase it down because I had other stuff I had to work on, but of people who swear that that's what, some of that happened in Portland. Well, the the Portland police admitted to it on multiple occasions. They said they had confidential. That they were that, agents provocateur. Oh, oh no, I see. Go they ahead. Had confidential informants in the crowd. Um, oh yeah. Also, any. I mean, they have confidential informants from Antifa as well as like Proud Boys and that sort of thing, right? Sure, I mean, that yeah. just happens. You, yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, the the thing that is any any time you have somebody that's like obscuring their identity and they run into a crowd with something illegal and encourage somebody to do something illegal and then walk off. That is a very good sign that that's likely a, a fed or a um, provocateur. And that happened many times, even on camera that actually happened um, with the young kid that just got federal charges for throwing uh, like a mortar over the fence. Um, they literally have video of somebody in black coming up, giving him the mortar and then running off. Um, so that's that stuff happened all the time. Mm-hmm. I have no trouble believing it. It happened on January sixth. It's it's pretty ama- it's pretty amazing. The day before, on January fifth, there were people who saw one of the provocateurs who was encouraging people to go into the Capitol. We're going to take it over. We're going to do this. And so they there were a bunch of people who weren't born yesterday, and they all start going Fed, 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 well, and doggone if that guy, same guy, was not doing is stationed at a post encouraging people to run in there like i know the next I know day exactly exactly who you're talking about and i would say like uh-huh. the the feds are smarter than that that guy specifically um epps um that crowd of people mm-hmm. what's interesting is we're talking about white nationalists is that that group of people that was surrounding mike epps were groipers they were it mm-hmm. was baked alaska and his whole crew of white nationalists that were surrounding him that said that um he I was watching Baked Alaska's um, live stream that night, and Epps, Me too. Epps was giving him his information and his card to his ranch on live stream. There's no way a Fed would do that. Um, there's he's also well, they already knew him, right? 
Um, you mean you mean um, big? Yeah, I think the feds were already working them. I don't know. Oh, I don't know about Baked Alaska. I mean, I just re- I've seen his live stream from that night, and I, I think I I don't remember when I was watching it, but um, but it was the night I before thought, the actual. Oh, this is interesting. Um, uh, yes, breaching. yes, yes, and there's yes. there's no way that okay. guy's a fed. I think he was just an idiot that thought it made sense to yell things illegal things out in front of a crowd of people. Um. Yeah, well, I, th- I think he's an informant at the very least, at the very least. Okay, I know you got to get moving. What's a griper? Um, a grip, I mean. You keep saying it, but gri- griper is, how do you say is, it? It's they're, they're kind of like more internet, meme white nationalists, so they often center around, like, memes, and it started with, um, have you heard of Pepe the Frog? Pepe the Frog, so yeah. So it's a yeah. similar meme, um, it's a griper, um, and... Uh, so it started as a meme and there's kind of a community that developed around it using like, you know, racist stuff, um, to kind of, you know, joke with each other about racist stuff. And eventually a community developed Nick Fuentes then started this podcast and really captured that whole community. And now they have what they have now, which is what he just the other day claimed that they had a thousand people in attendance at their conference. Um, where two years ago they had a hundred people. So their, their whole movement is growing. He's been brought on. Alex Jones has interviewed him. Elijah Schaefer's brought him on his show. Tim pool is, mm-hmm. has, you know, pr- uh, stuck up for him. Like there's all these very prominent, like, um, far right personalities that now are really getting on Fuentes' side, which is the danger of the white nationalist movement is that now you have people that aren't explicitly white nationalists that are supporting and getting in line with this guy because they share a common um, thread, which is hating the left. So that's, that's the, could you, could you be wrong about Fuentes? No, I I have way too. And I could, if you want me, I could shoot you a, I have a 10 minute video of just straight clips of him using the N word, talking about women being inferior to men are you guys in support of vaccine or mask uh, mandates? I've seen that Antifa um, has been well, kind of, you know, getting after people for not wanting that. Um, again, I can only tell you what I believe. I don't like the idea of mandates, but I also am not going to spend a bunch of energy opposing something that I believe that people should be doing on their own. Um, I believe that there should I think the government, if they're going to do anything, needs to be supporting people and doing things to prevent the spread of COVID rather than using coercive um, policies. Um, The reason why people have been protesting uh, groups that would be, um, you know, anti-vax or um, anti-mask protesters is because of their affiliations to Proud Boys, their um, affiliations with other far-right players that um, they they oppose. Can't they have two thoughts at one time? I mean, for example, can't they just be against mandates? There might be cross-pollination, but that doesn't make them wrong. Um, Are you talking about, like, right-wingers? Can they have... Yeah. I mean, the point is, is that, uh, you know, not all those people, for example, go to school board meetings. I know you guys have a special school board meeting block that you are using. And 
for example, somebody going to the school board meeting going, I don't want my kid kid masks, stop the mask lockdowns, and then they get dragged out by the cops or something for for showing pictures of a particular school board member not wearing a mask when they're demanding that children who have almost no chance of dying from COVID wear one. And um, so I, I just kind of wonder, I mean, it's it, are they Nazis or something? I mean, the DOJ calls them terrorists. Well, the, it's frightening. I think that's that's specifically people that are showing up specifically proud boys that are showing up and threatening people that are that are for um you know masking kids in schools and things like that. So there actually has been threats um towards school board members and people that are supporting those school board members. So I think those are the people that they're referencing, not just people that are showing up and sharing how they don't like the idea of a mask mandated a school. But so they're all they're they're all bad people. You don't want anybody to generalize about Antifa and BLM, and yet here you are doing it to those people. No, I was I was pretty clear just now that there's a difference between people that are threatening people and are more dangerous than and compared to a parent that's just opposing. Um, um, oh, I was calling. No, they've they called people who went to school board meetings and didn't threaten people just said like that for example the man whose daughter had been raped and they they denied it and of course he'd been raped and or she his daughter had been raped and all of a sudden he's he's called out as a domestic terrorist i'd have to see are you talking about from the federal government the statement yeah, yeah I'd, I'd have to look at that yeah. specifically to make comment on it that's pretty wild. Okay, finally, um, I just wanted to go over a couple of real quick things, and that is, do you know Rylan K. Albright? Um, oh, is that the... You tweeted him. Is, you, tw- no, you, I you tweeted no, him. No, I don't know him personally, no. I actually never, I just I never heard of him until um, he put out that tweet. Um, it's, well... Then you don't know the answer as to whether or not he's part of the Antifa Hackers Collective? I don't think so. I I feel like I would know about a former cop. Uh, I guess he wasn't technically a cop. Somebody that formerly worked. No, he was just a clerk. Formerly worked for the sheriff's office. Would I would I feel like I would know about that. Also, whether, whether you change your beliefs or not – I don't think anybody's going to work with you if you used to work for the sheriff's office that's a leftist. Like, that's not really a thing. Most people would not yeah, work, but I think work with him. The hackers are people who have decided that they're going to go into companies and the cop shops and these types of places. Oh, you're talking about like anonymous to... types of people? Like, hack- you're talking specifically hackers. I'm talking about people who embed themselves into these corporations. Then, at some point in time, we'll just go we'll start making trouble. Yeah, monkey I, wrenching. I have no understanding of um, who does hacking and who they are and what they do. I don't. The only thing I know about is when there's large leaks of, um, you know, fascist groups like Patriot Front and the Iron Front. Then I'll pay attention. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, I did a. Uh, project and I tried to get on a website to sell my project and they wouldn't take my project because my project mocked Antifa and they had many uh, items that were pro-Antifa I mean literally I mean the 
the three flags, Iron Front, uh, fascist flag, anti-fascist flag, the whole nine yard. Do you think that's fair? Who is this? This is a, a company that I tried to contract with to make so, certain objects, like shirts and stuff like that. And they said, well, you know, we're getting complaints. Like, really? And they were actually really amazing drawings. Super good. And um, and yet all of the Antifa stuff was up at that place. They let that go, but they didn't let my mind was just mocking them. It was no big deal. It was funny. It was actually humorous. Well, I would say that they have the right to refuse working with anybody that they don't want to. Um, Mm -hmm. I mean, you'd also have to understand the history of the Iron Front that symbol is that if you really looked into it, you probably wouldn't oppose what what they stood for. Well, I mean, they also had the Antifa flag. They have, of course, Antifa has been responsible for quite a lot of violence. So I'm not sure why that would have been okay. It's really weird. I don't know. Yeah, I don't. I wouldn't say that's fair or not fair. I mean, it makes sense that they would not want to work with you. I mean, not trying to be a dick or anything. Am I a fascist? Do you think I'm a fascist? I don't know about your beliefs. I I have seen um, how much mis- misinformation you put out. I think that that's a concern. Setting aside your your beliefs. Well, misinformation. What specific? Are you talking about the story about the lady who talked about the? Uh, biker gang um no not just that um things like uh um i can't remember them off the top of my head now but there was like a there was like a list of them Mm. um stuff about schools um muslims being able to um leave school to to oh the prayer rugs yeah oh yeah oh yeah i got politifacted for that it was absolutely true (laughs) i mean i've been polite i've i've shown up politifact every single one of my quote-unquote politifacts they've been wrong it's just been astonishing like the you probably saw my uh one where i said the in 2010 the city of portland is using money that to put bike path signs in areas that already have bike path signs and I went back, I took photos, see, here's a bike path sign, and here's the new one you just put in. And you just spent taxpayer dollars to do this, essentially the same thing. And I was politifacted and called, it was like pants on fire or mostly false or something. It was just absurd. I, I called up the Oregonian chick who worked for PolitiFact, and I said, what the hell's going on here? Yeah. Oh, she goes, well, it was at night and I couldn't see that. I'm like, oh, come on, man. Can I, I mean, seriously? Can I ask what the reasoning for using on your article the the? I mean, so first, do you do you not, do you believe that the um, do you still believe that the Gypsy Jokers were involved in that shooting? I have no idea. I have no idea whether or not that guy is involved at all. Indeed, I nothing that the cops have said, which is pretty pretty nothing much will disabuse me of that at this point in time. And, of course, I was going along with what that lady was talking about, direct contemporaneous 
objection to the police not coming to their aid when, in fact, she and others had been uh, had been atta- attacked by the gypsy joker- jokers. And so I think that's a that's an issue. I'm not giving up on that in terms of uh, switching out that story. I until I know specifically what happened and who those people are. I mean, you're the one who doxed that guy initially. Right. So so doxing's OK in some respects for Antifa. But um yeah, so I don't know. Um, yeah, I mean, I think I think that's one of the issues is that this idea that if something is plausible, therefore we could put out the information. I think that's why we live in the society that we live in with so much information is that because it's possible or plausible that therefore we're going to put it out when really there's way more evidence that shows that that's not true. Uh, it's possible that it's not true, but I took and I was quoting her. So that to me was, but she was she was pretty compelling. She was clear though that she was talking about being kidnapped by the gypsy jokers and charges being dropped. So she obviously wasn't referencing something that happened the night before. She mentioned him twice, uh, two other times in that her tirade, and it did. It sounded con- contemporaneous, and indeed, it was a an accusation against the police officers to say that they allow the gypsy jokers to predate upon people in Antifa. Is that true, by the way? What say the last part? The she says that the Portland police allow, encourage that biker gang to attack you. See again, I what I the true? way that I interpreted that is that she was referencing things like August twenty second, where the Proud Boys. Were al- and and anti fascists were allowed to like fight in the streets. That's what I thought. That's what I thought she was saying, and that's what that's how I interpreted it. So, if that's the case, and that no, happened no. last year too, or happened August twenty second, twenty twenty, there was literally hundreds of people fighting in the street. Multiple people, multiple right wingers pulled guns. One fired a gun, and the police never got involved. They just let people duke it out. Um. So that, that wait, wait a minute, was that? Was that wasn't the Michael Rynell thing, right? The Antifa security dude who shot no, the was, uh, um, Aaron Danielson on the uh, street. That was the Alan was Sweeney different. Alan Sweeney case. Are you familiar with Alan Sweeney? And, oh, no. I that sounds familiar. I should probably know, but what's yeah. the deal with that? Um, it was it was a back the blue. It was two rallies, two right wing rallies downtown Portland. They were coming. Oh yeah, they ten years. Oof. Yeah, they were coming to oppose the protests that had been occurring. One was a back the blue and one was like an against Marxism that primarily involved Proud Boys. They all came uh-huh. together. People then showed up to counter protest them and a fight ensued pretty much. Sweeney ended up mm. pulling a gun and putting his finger on the trigger, cocking it back, but not shooting it. Another guy pulled a revolver and shot the gun into the air. Um, so like, no. you know, weapons were involved and the police were just like, you know, hands off. So that's what I was referring. But the other question that I was going to ask you in relation to the article was wh- why you decided to use a picture of, um, Aaron Danielson, um, after he was shot. Oh, I didn't. That wasn't, that wasn't me. So, I mean, oh, I guess else. I can go and say, change that, change that, I suppose. But do you have like, um, it's you have just, like an uh, editor or something that did it? Yeah. Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. We have editors. Yeah, which Don't is worry. which is another. I mean, which is an, go ahead. No, you go ahead. Which Sorry. is another case that w- when I had actually interacted with um, Rhino like once or twice um, at protest, and 
the people that I'm friends with had very bad interactions with him. At one time, he almost had people um, jumped, um, and he was involved in a group of people that were largely ostracized by the um, protest community. So anyway, when he first, when that first I, happened, I would want. Um, I was like, this is fucked up. Like, you don't need to shoot the dude. But then I found out that um, Danielson was with two people. One is Chandler Pappas, which has had both mm-hmm. of them were armed, bullets in the chamber, illegally carrying in Portland. Um, and another one was Tim Ryerson, which now is in prison for pedophilia shit for um, some voyeurism charges. And Papa's has a history of threatening to kill Antifa. Anyway, Danielson charged Rynell with a baton and bear spray and sprayed him and then was shot in response. So this idea that he was like hunted down um, and mm-hmm. murdered is just like inaccurate. Um, well, he was laying in wait for him. You can see that on the video. No, if, if you watch the new r- video that was released seven months later, it shows that they were coming from two different directions, and actually, Papas and Chan- or Papas and Danielson were actually behind um, their small group of people before um, Rynell went into the garage and hid out. So um, they were actually not being followed by them, um, and then whatever. You know, whatever was yelled. No, they weren't. No. He was waiting for him. Right? Well, it's hard to say somebody the corner. is waiting for somebody when you're being followed by the two. Mm-hmm. I see what you're saying. So, uh, and then, so he bear sprayed him. I didn't see any bear spray on that video. Yeah, I, I could. Did you? Yeah, I can send it to you. It's a new video that came out seven months later from another videographer that didn't release the his footage. Um, it shows Danielson charging at him and bear spraying him, and then that's when he shot shot Danielson, shot the bear spray, and shot the shot Danielson, which is why you saw the big cloud of bear sprays because he. Sh- I didn't see a big cloud. I I, I would love to look at yeah, that video I can though. Show it to you. So um. We've been talking for a while, so I just have a question. So in downtown Portland, businesses are on oxygen practically. Business has been off by 80%. Some of it's certainly pandemic related, but many people are afraid to go downtown. It's happening in Seattle and it's happening in Portland. And part of the reason is because of the protests and violence. What does Antifa plan to do to make Portland a place that is safer to go to again? Well, I don't think, um, I don't think that's so like when you say Antifa, obviously again, this is a very like broad term that is used by the right generally as a pejorative. So that can mean many different people. Well, we didn't name you. You named yourselves. Um, no. So there's specific groups that, that will name themselves Antifa. And like, as far as I know, they're generally people that are doing the, the research, what I would call like anti-fascist researching. And then there's people that show up to protest and some of them wear black block. So those all are often by the right used interchangeably when they can sometimes be different. Um, 
So, so what's the plan? So, how will you make Portland a better place to to come and be safe in downtown Portland? Well, I think one of the things that um, people that I politically align with, other leftists, anarchists, um, people like that, is that their focus is always going to be on mutual aid and community defense. Meaning, like, if there's violent right wingers coming into town, you make sure that they're not harming people. Um, and those that are well, now, whoa, 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 slow down, slow down. When right wingers are coming into town harming people, is it is giving a person the right to speak and gather and affect their First Amendment? How was that any of your business? So the very first protest that we had here in Portland after Trump's election was by Patriot Prayer, um, Joey Gip. And uh, led by Joey Gibson. And that was the first big mobilization after um, Trump's election that brought out um, anti-fascists to oppose them. That group of, I don't know, 500, 600, 700 people that was with Patriot Prayer, um, there were dozens of Nazis that showed up. Identity Europa, PDX Stormers, people from all over the Pacific Northwest. There were Baked Alaska was a speaker there. Um, uh, now disavowed proud boy that's a white nationalist. Kyle Chapman was there. Like all these white nationalists came to their the whole idea of white the white nationalist movement is to garner support and grow their movement for political power eventually to achieve their ultimate goals, which for many of them is a white ethno state. So, okay. I bring you the example. I bring you the example of the Skokie, Illinois uh, decision to let the Nazis do their thing and, and hold a march and nothing happened because even though everyone was outraged, they still have a constitutional right to peaceably assemble. But, you know, if you just leave the Patriot prayer people alone, there wouldn't be any violence, right? Well, so, uh, no, because there's been a couple occasions where there isn't a counter protest and they venture out into the city and they attack randoms. Sometimes it's a heckler, you know, somebody that is opposing them, but they're not really a, a, any kind of threat. Um, we've seen this happen many times where random bystanders get hit or people that opposed to them, but aren't necessarily like anti-fascist activists. Um, there was also a time where like trans people were attacked, multiple trans people were attacked the night that Proud Boys came into town. So that they do attack randomly. There's, you know, homeless camps were attacked, um, things like that. So one of the arguments that um, people that show up to protest would say is that, you know, if we come out to oppose them that the attention from these fascist or far right players will then be drawn to the counter protesters rather than more vulnerable people, people of color, homeless people, trans people, immigrants, et cetera, et cetera. So that's like one of the, the main, the main arguments. And it also the, the danger in what's happened during the Trump administration is that you have people that I would not call fascists that I would put in the far right category. And then you have white nationalists showing up and they intermingle with each other and the white nationalists radicalize the, the, um, 
you know, the, the far right players. And we've seen that happen over but, and over and over okay. again. Do, you, do they have a right to, to peaceably assemble or not? I would not advocate for the government to say you can't protest. Um, at the same time, I would always advocate. But you're willing to use violence to stop them. I personally don't like right? violence, and most people that even those that that um, have used violence in the past would probably also say that violence is a last resort. But I personally, if don't. you just left, it. don't start nothing, won't be nothing, right? But like I said, that if you don't show up, they still end up attacking people. Yeah, so is you. I'm not sure I believe that, but if you can show me some occasions where they just went and you said getting randos, but they were being heckled, probably by Antifa. Now, anyway, listen, thank you. Yep. I appreciate your time. And I'll let you know when this is going to air. I'm going to probably have to break it up in two, uh, which I think will be fine. It'll be great. And I appreciate it. All right. Thank you. Thanks for listening to this episode of the Adult in the Room podcast. To keep the programs you like to listen to, please rate this podcast with a fantastic five stars on your Apple Podcast app every time you listen. And give me a great review. Plus, of course, subscribe to the podcast. It makes a difference with the big tech algorithm and the big tech oligarchs. And it makes us easier to find. Please get in touch with me on all the big tech stuff. Yeah, we're still there. Using the names Victoria Taft or the Adult in the Room podcast on MeWe, Parlor, Minds, Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Thanks to 1A Cast for imaging, editing, and production. The fantastic song is Gospel by the March 4th Band of Portland, Oregon. Music for Antifa versus Mike Strickland is Ride or Die by Raps by RC. The Adult in the Room podcast is also a production of Flamingo Road Studios. Remember, head up, heart out, and strive to be the adult in the room. Till next time, mischief managed. <laughs>